0: Welcome to the Social Dallas Podcast. Today you'll hear an uplifting message from our pastor, Robert Madu. Our hope is that your relationship with God would flourish like never before. We've been in a series, and it's more than a series. It is our word for the year. Every year we are shaped by a word. And this year, our word is we got to go. Come on, say it with your chest. Go Deeper. deeper. Last year, our word was to stretch out. And it really came from Isaiah 54. It says, stretch out your tents and lengthen your cords. But right after that, it says, then strengthen your stakes. And so what Isaiah is helping us see is that you cannot stretch beyond the capacity of your depth. You got to go deep. If you get to stretching without get to strengthening your stakes, all it takes is a storm. All it takes is a tragedy. All it takes is a trial uh, for your tent to come down. So this year, everything we are doing is saying, God, help us go deeper. Anybody ready to go deeper? Come on, I've been asking you. I've been asking you to find out what your er is. Okay? Find out what your er is. We're not going deep because that would suggest that we already reached the finish line. But no, we're going deep. Er. Er. Ur. So what's your err? Some of you are in your er. How many of you been to church? Every service that we've had in this new year, you've been in church. You got perfect attendance. Come and look at you. Extra jewels in your crown in heaven. No, I'm playing. That's amazing. Some of you, your urge you come to a prayer night. Some of you, your urs, like for the first time, like you are spending quiet time with the Lord and you're reading your Bible. It's amazing. Whatever your UR er is, continue in your UR. Er. Somebody told me their UR er was that they're, they're tithing for the first time and they hit the reoccurring given and they, they told me, they said, it was hard for me to do it. And then I said, why is it easier for me to click yes to the cart in Zara, but it was hard to put reoccurring given, but they stepped out of faith and they're tithing. That's their er. So find out what your er is, but we're going deeper and uh, that's what I want to talk about today. You ready? Uh, go with me to Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 13 your favorite book in the bible leviticus chapter 13 i want to look at verses 1 through 8 leviticus 13 when you're ready to read it say yeah Yeah. if you need a little time to find leviticus say hold up i heard that hold up way in the back how y'all doing in the back 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 y'all good You see how faint that praise was. They're like, I can barely see you, pastor, and it's crowded back here. I love y'all. Thank you for being here. Leviticus chapter 13, starting at verse number one. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when anyone has a swelling or a rash or a shiny spot on their skin that may be a defiling skin disease, they must be brought to Aaron the priest or To one of his sons who is a priest the priest is to is to examine the sore on the skin and if the hair in the sore has turned white and the sore appears to be more than skin deep it is a defiling skin disease when the priest examines that person he shall pronounce them ceremonially unclean if the shiny spot on the skin is white but does not appear to be more than skin deep and the hair in it has not turned white, the priest is to isolate the affected person for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest is to examine them. And if he sees that the sore is unchanged and has not spread in the skin, he is to isolate them for another seven days. On the seventh day, the priest is to examine them again. And if the sore has faded and has not spread in the skin, the priest shall pronounce them clean. It is only a rash." Right about now, you're going, why did I come to church on this Sunday for this scripture? They must wash their clothes and they will be clean. But if the rash does spread in their skin after they have shown themselves to the priest to be pronounced clean, they must appear before the priest again. Verse 8, the priest is to examine that person. And if the rash has spread in the skin, he shall pronounce them unclean. It is a defiling Skin disease. Can you say amen? Amen. What in the world does that have to do with you? We're going to find out today. It's verse 3 for me. The priest is to examine the sore on the skin, and if the hair in the sore has turned white and the sore appears to be more than skin deep, it is a defiling skin disease. I want to take my title straight from the text and talk to you for about three and a half hours. From this thought, more. Than skin deep more than skin deep look at your neighbor whichever one you like the best it's gonna be your last time to talk to him actually that ain't true you'll probably talk to him again but just look at him say neighbor sometimes it's more than skin deep find you another neighbor find you another neighbor come on look at your other neighbor say other neighbor you my second option and I'm looking right at you and telling you sometimes it's more than skin deep if you got expectation God's gonna speak and that the cowboys will defeat the 49ers tonight would you give God some praise have your way today Jesus shut the mouth of the haters in your name we pray amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord more than skin deep Social Dallas fam, I'd like to begin this message today by doing a three-question sermonic survey by which I need your participation. Before I even ask the questions, let me say this. Don't lie in church. (laughs) Don't lie in church. Uh, Question number one. How many of you would say that whenever you've had an issue or problem with your car, with your automobile, That your first and initial response when there's an issue with your car is to take it to the shop. You're just like, I got to take this to the shop. Can I see your hand if that's generally your first initial reaction and response? Come on, wave it real high. Let me see. Okay, awesome. I feel Uh y'all. Don't panic. Take it to the mechanic. Let them figure it out. Okay, great. How many of you would say uh, by showing of hands that whenever you have an issue or problem with your car, your initial and first response is to go straight to YouTube, YouTube University. Say, so, uh-uh, I ain't taking this to a mechanic. I gotta figure this out. YouTube University. I'm gonna push a few buttons. Can I see y'all's hand? Come on, let me see your hand. Look at look at all those hands. I I found my people. Y'all. <laughs> Uh, my people I'm letting you know right now it will be the last thing I do to take my car to a mechanic okay I will push buttons I will just pull things that look like they need to be pulled just for me to not go to a mechanic I love you if you're a mechanic and you're here I love you with the love of the Lord I just don't trust (laughs) y'all this this is my issue this is the problem that occurs in my head because to me y'all personify going deeper Y'all always go deeper. Have you noticed this? You take your car for one thing. They got 58 other things. That they're trying to tell you is wrong with your car. I don't like that. When I pull up to the dealership, if I want an oil change or I pull up to the shop, just give me an oil change. That's what I ask for. I don't need you coming around the corner huffing and puffing and talking about, well, Mr. Medu, we can do the oil change. We can do the oil change. But you need a transmission. You need a whole new transmission. Yeah, it's going to be about mm, probably about $200,000. I can get that fixed today. If you want me to do no, 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 player. Your sign said $39.95 for the oil change. I didn't come here for a transmission just change my oil. While I'm on topic dentist, y'all do the same thing too. Yes, stay in your lane. I came here because I got it on my insurance for a routine cleaning, okay? I came for a cleaning. Don't tell me about what cavity and root canal I need. I didn't come in for that. Just do what I wanted you to do. So, okay, I got y'all. The third group, third group, and maybe the most critical group. How many of you, when there's an issue with your car, your initial and first response is to go to your glove box that has no gloves in it and pull your owner's manual out and start reading and perusing the pages of your owner's manual. Can I see your hand? About 13 of y'all in here today. I found that intriguing that the group with the least amount of hands are the people that said, I actually read The owner's manual in my car. This is crazy. Do you know that your owner's manual is absolutely powerful? Look at this right here. This ain't mine. Mine actually was not in my car when I decided to do this illustration. This is Jamal's that I stole from him today. But I found out that there is all kinds of powerful information in your owner's manual I was reading through this thing in between service every button every function every single fuse and plug is right here listed in the owner's manual and you don't even read it you got it locked in your glove box, who that has no gloves at all. I think that is intriguing. As a matter of fact, one survey I read said that 75% of car owners have never opened up the pages of their owner's manual. And isn't that intriguing? That a book that has powerful, pertinent, even prescriptive information for a vehicle that will take you to your destination often stays locked unused and unread in your glove box. I share that with you today because ladies and gentlemen, let's be honest. If there was ever a book in your Bible that stays in the glove box locked, unread, and unused, it is the book of Leviticus. I did not hear anybody in here when I said turn to Leviticus, shout and say, "Who this is what I've been waiting for? The book of Leviticus." I am willing to bet anything today that if you have a scripture that has pulled you out of a dark place or pulled you out of a pit, it is not in the book of Leviticus. And there's not a person in here that would say, "You know what? My life verse is found in the good old book of Leviticus." It is the book that we skip at best, skim at at least nobody reads the book of Leviticus. It stays locked in the glove box. Matter of fact, Leviticus is the book that will mess up your one year Bible reading plan. Oh, come on, don't act like you ain't never tried it before. Some of y'all started this year. You're like, this is the year I'm going to get through the Bible this year. You started off in Genesis with so much gusto. You were excited in Genesis, weren't you? Got all the way to Exodus. You got excited in Exodus, didn't you? You could smell the Red Sea and see the water part and said, I'm out of here, Pharaoh. God has more for me. There's a promise in front of me. Before I be a slave, I'll be buried in my grave. This is my year. Whoo! to Exodus and Exodus. And right after Exodus, you got hit in the face with Leviticus. Ooh, with the list, the regulations, the restrictions, the grain offering, guilt offering, burnt offering, trespass offering. All the different regulations that seem to make no sense. And if you look at it, you go, God, why in the world would this ever be in the Bible? And what does this have to do with me? The reality is it has so much to do with you. If you look at the book of Leviticus at the surface and just skim the surface, but you don't ever go deeper into why God would put that in in his holy word, you will never step into the fullness of what he has for you. I know it's easier to read Genesis and Exodus. Oh, but you need some Leviticus. As a matter of fact, maybe that's just the microcosm of many of our lives because, you know, Genesis means beginning and we love a beginning. Exodus means exit, and we love an exit. Don't you love it when God shuts a door and has given you a word, I'm out of here? Some of you think you got a word and you weren't even called to leave, but you're excited about leaving. "Mm, I'm not being fed here, I'm out, and you're looking for a reason to run, but oh, we don't like Leviticus, because Leviticus is the place where God gives you instruction with specificity. Leviticus is the place of sacrifice. Leviticus is the place where you don't get to offer up to God what you think is good. You must offer up to him what he has prescribed the way he wants it. And all oh, we don't like Leviticus. Maybe we don't like Leviticus because Leviticus is the place of the wilderness. It is the place where God has taken you out of Egypt, but now he is preparing you for the promised land. And if he's ever going to get you in the promised land, the first thing he has to do is he has to talk about the appetite you acquired in Egypt. (sighs) Leviticus is boring. I bet it is. I'm learning sometimes you got to embrace the boring. Every once in a while, my kids, who are constantly trying to look at a screen and I have to drink the screen away from them and say, just read a book. They're like, this is boring. I'll say, good. <laughs> Boy, some of you, your problem right now is it's too exciting. Too exciting. And now, God's doing the work in your life and he's taking you deeper. You're like, this is boring. I bet it is. Some of you, God's actually giving you the blessing of a good person to date. And you're like, they're boring. I bet they are. They come to church and have some consistency in their life. I bet they are boring. Sometimes you got to embrace the boring and the list and the instructions because God is more committed to your depth than he is your entertainment. And there is power in this book that we skip all the time. And when you go deeper, you see that every phrase, every sacrifice was put there for a reason because God is trying to give us a picture of what our relationship with him is supposed to look like. We cannot keep Leviticus locked in the glove box without gloves speaking of the glove box do you know why it's called a glove box it's called a glove box because whenever cars were originally created there wasn't enough insulation and some didn't even have a hard top and so when you would drive you would feel the cool breeze and your hands would get so cold and so people when they originally started driving they would drive with driving gloves and you needed a place to put those gloves hence the glove box. And here you thought it was just for your insurance. And because we're in Texas, your protection. But if you study the history of it, you see there's a reason why this was called this. There's a reason why this was put in place. And for every ritual that you so seemingly skip through in Leviticus, it is a shadow. It is a type of a soon coming king. His name is Jesus. And he's showing you that if you'll go deeper, you'll realize why this is here. It's interesting because the book of Leviticus is giving us a beautiful picture of what it's like to get close to God and to go deeper. I told you last week that to go deeper, it is dangerous. It's dangerous to go deep. If you had not seen that message, go watch the danger of going deeper. Remember, we looked at Peter and that initial encounter that he had with Jesus as a disciple. And remember, Jesus said, launch out into the deep. He did. It was completely contradictory to everything he thought and he knew. But when he launched and cast his net out into the deep, all of a sudden he gets the greatest catch of his life. And he doesn't shout. He doesn't clap. He doesn't say, Jesus, let's show up tomorrow. Let's do this again. He actually says, depart from me. Lord, get away from me because I am a sinful man. Why is he saying, Lord, get away from me? Because it's dangerous to go deep. It hit him in that moment that if this Savior can see into the depths of the sea, he can see into the depths of me. And there's things on the inside of me that I don't want him to see. So get away from me. And this is the conundrum of sinful man approaching a holy God. Because the closer you get to this holy God, you become aware of your brokenness. You become aware of how messed up you are. Getting close to God is like getting close to the sun. It's good when you're laying out on the beach, but how many know if you start moving close to that sun, if you get within 300 million miles of that sun, your skin will begin to melt. God is holy. He is set apart and we are sinful. So Leviticus begins to show us this. As a matter of fact, that there was something that Leviticus wants you to understand is that God is holy. He's holy. What does that mean, Pastor Robert? Let's go deeper. It means he's set apart. He is distinct. He is, hmm. He's a toothbrush. Mm, he's a to- You know your toothbrush is holy. Ain't nobody use your toothbrush I confess this in the first service I told them pastor Taylor there have been some stuff that I've stolen from you in the bathroom because it's just there I've, I have I've stolen her deodorant just a couple of times just a couple of times i have even stolen her bougie perfume a couple of times Le Labo she's like how's this running out I'm like I don't know cuz I, I steal it every once in a while but you know one thing I've never used in my entire life and in our marriage her toothbrush is holy her toothbrush is holy <laughs> my toothbrush is holy I will kiss that woman any minute of every day but I ain't trying to use her toothbrush because it is holy it is set apart it is just for my use my toothbrush is mine God says I am holy I am set apart I am I am to be revered as holy and this is the conundrum that we begin to see in the book of Leviticus is how do we get close to God and how do we stay close to God this is the question that Leviticus begins to unpack for us is how do I get close to a holy God and how do I stay close to this holy God? Well, the way you get close to this holy God is through sacrifice. The way that you stay close to this holy God is through sanctification. This is basically Leviticus in a nutshell is that I get close to God through sacrifice, but I stay close to him through sanctification. Sacrifice is an event. Sanctification Is a process. Sacrifice happens in a moment, in an instant, but sanctification. that will continue for as long as my spirit is housed in this body I don't care how spiritual you are you could have floated in here today and had communion for breakfast God is still not through with you yet you still have some thoughts that hit your head that you ain't supposed to think some of y'all cut somebody out in the parking lot on the way to Gillies today God is not through with you yet don't you ever turn up your nose at somebody else all of us are in the sanctification process and this is why we never arrive every single day we have an opportunity to take another step and go deeper and take another step and go deeper and sometimes we fall down six times and get right back up again but keep moving deeper are y'all awake in here today look at your neighbor say "Go go deeper sacrifice and sanctification it is a process and this is what Leviticus answers for us because once a sacrifice has been made, hear me, it now puts me in close proximity to God. But here's the problem: I'm not even worthy to make the sacrifice. Leviticus shows me that even for me to bring the sacrifice, I need a mediator. I need a high priest it's not like I can walk up with my own sacrifice I need a high priest to bring the sacrifice for me this is what is outlined in the book of Leviticus I need somebody who has been ordained and called to handle the sacrifice that's why it's called Leviticus from the tribe of Levi and you couldn't just pick to be a Levi you had to be born into it it had to be in your genes yeah Levi genes. you had to be a Levi all that I do to just keep y'all engaged you had to have it in your genes to be a Levite because I need a high priest to bring the sacrifice to give me proximity but that is half the battle once the high priest has brought the sacrifice and gets me in proximity now because God has prepared a place for me he said I can't just get you into proximity I want you to stay close to me through sanctification and that requires purity that requires purity the process of purity so I have to outline for you what is clean and what is unclean. What you can eat, and what you can't eat. Where you can go, and where you can't go. Because I never called you to be deeper, and then look like everybody who is shallow. If if you are going to go deeper you have to understand that your life will look different than other people shallow people are the same did you hear about them did you see the news report I'm not saying you can't be aware of what's going on in culture but if you are going to go deeper you're gonna have to see things in the spirit you're gonna have to see things in another way you're gonna have to not play into the game and try to see what the enemy is doing and know when he's trying to cause division in the church and be able to look at a deeper level at what it is deeper looks different because God says I'm holy I want my people to be holy and your life is going to look different so he starts hitting them with different things Ooh, he starts in chapter 11 and he starts telling them about this is what you can eat and this is what you can't eat because God cares about your intake he says this is what you can touch and this is what you can't touch because God cares about what you put your hands on He starts giving them details about even childbirth because God cares about what you produce in the earth. If you really get to 15, it's kind of nasty. He starts talking about even what comes out of you and all these different details. You almost want to read Leviticus and go, why do you care about all this stuff? What does it matter what I eat? What does it matter what I touch? It matters and God is teaching us the principle that you cannot compartmentalize him. God says, I refuse, I refuse for you to relegate me just to a Sunday morning service. I am concerned about every aspect, about every detail of your life. He said, don't try to lock me into a Sunday morning experience. I want to do life with you. I am your life. So I have something to say about every single facet and every single detail of your life. What intrigues me about our text today is that in Leviticus 13 and 14, we have two chapters about skin, two chapters where God speaks to Moses and Aaron about what to do when somebody has a defilement in their skin. He says that if you see a sore or a rash or a spot, the first thing you have to do is call the high priest to do an examination In this time period, there is no medical community. So the high priest had the responsibility of checking any blemish, spot, pimple, rash on the people of God. I'd like to parenthetically pause right here and thank God that this is in the Old Covenant and not the New Covenant. Oh yes, that don't make you shout. That makes me shout. Can you imagine being the priest at the time? Let alone, I gotta do all the sacrifices of these bulls and all this other stuff, gotta deal with this bull. And then on top of that, I gotta check y'all's rashes. (laughs) Can you imagine bringing it into this century? Can you imagine? Pastor, what is this right here on my neck? I, I'm so glad that is the old covenant because I don't want to see it, but this is, this is what happened. If you had a spot, if you had a blemish, your first response, your initial reaction, call the high priest to do an examination. Come on, put yourself back there. Can you imagine? Just imagine talking to one of your friends and they see the rash up, player. What is that? Now this oh this ain't nothing. Uh nothing. Have you called the high priest to check it out yet? Man, I ain't called the high priest. It's fine, it's fine, it's not that big of a deal. No, 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 no. It is a big deal. Hold on, you better check that. Call the high priest. Man, I'll call him tomorrow. It ain't no big deal. No, it is a big deal. Where's my mask? Back up and call the high priest. Let's just make sure we're good. We need to see how deep this thing is. I love it. What is the principle? What is the principle? You are not qualified to examine yourself. <laughs> in Leviticus that you keep skimming through is God is trying to teach us that none of us are qualified to do a thorough examination on ourselves because if we examine ourselves all of us are going to give ourselves a pass all of us are going to say that's not a big deal it's not that big of a deal it's fine no 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 no. you don't have the ingenuity you don't have the wisdom you don't have the intellect to know what is a big deal so you humble yourself and go to the priest and say would you examine this for me Ooh, this is what people don't like in the church and this is why some people run from community and every time somebody actually calls out a spot even when they do it in love you at church hurt no 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 you just don't want anybody to deal with the spot Beauty of the text is it speaks to all of us today to say that I am not qualified to examine myself whenever there's a spot I am always going to have the propensity and the proclivity to make sure it's not a big deal it's all right it's okay have you noticed that we always play comparison the person that's cheating on their spouse with one person said well at least I'm not like the person that's cheating on their spouse with 50 people the person that murdered one person said, well, at least I ain't murdered six people and have five of them in the basement. I'm dark metaphors, but I'm just trying to keep you awake. <laughs> we always compare. We always compare. I mean, yeah, I, I cheated on my taxes, but I mean, I, I, come on. I, I ain't robbed a bank. We're always going to give ourselves a pass. So the text is saying, you can't examine yourself. You must go to the high priest for examination. You must have the Humility say, what is this? Is this okay? Have you ever noticed that a doctor has an ability to check everything? Have you thought about that? This is how my mind works sometimes. People say, I don't know if I can believe God. You got faith for a whole lot of stuff. you go straight into a doctor's office if you hurt enough, and you will strip and say, what is this doc? You didn't ask him what he made in medical school? What if he just put on a white coat and walked in there off the street? like, is this good? Yeah, you fine. (laughs) (laughs) See how much faith you got in the doctor? (laughs) But you humble yourself for the examination because you don't know what it is. It's interesting to examine something, especially if it just seems like it's in the skin because you don't know how deep it is. That's what symptoms are. You don't know how bad something is until you start really analyzing the symptom. So if I have a cough, I don't know what it is. Because the symptoms can be the same for something that is deadly and detrimental and something that is not as deadly. So because I don't know, I gotta humble myself (coughs) and say, check this cough. If I have a cough and I go for the examination and they say it's just a cold, I'll be fine. And I'll say whatever I need to take, I'll take. But if I go and I have a cough and they say the cough is a symptom of cancer, because I don't like what the doctor's saying. I say, man, forget you. That ain't no cancer. That's, man, that's just a cough. It's just the cold. And if I die, I did not die of cancer. I died of pride. Wow. Because to go to the high priest just for the examination was to humble yourself to say, I don't know what this is. And so he would check it And because he didn't know how deep it went under the skin, he would give you seven days, seven days in isolation till we wait before you affect the community. Can you put yourself in those shoes for seven days? Seven days trying to figure out how deep this rash, this sore goes. Seven days imagine the anxiety imagine the angst of seven days. Imagine how you'd be praying Those seven days come on. It's nothing like a trial that'll make you call on the name of the Lord I'm telling you, I was telling people all the time you want to come an intercessor then just go through some stuff and Intercession will come up out of you. Here's what I know in them seven days You are not worried about the skin of your neighbor. In those seven days, you are not concerned about anybody else's skin but your own. During those seven days of isolation, you are not focused on the latest gossip online about somebody else's skin. You are just worried about your own skin. This is what annoys me about some people in the church today because you are so occupied with other people's skin instead of worrying about your own skin. All have skin <laughs> and fallen short of the glory of God. I am focused on my own. You know you're shallow when you're worried about everybody else's issue and not your own. But no own focus was on my own. And after those seven days, I would come back to the high priest and he would check again. And if it was just a rash, I would be cleansed. But if he said it's more than skin deep, he would say you have leprosy. And ladies and gentlemen, that would be the darkest day of your life. Leprosy was the greatest defilement of skin. In the Old Testament, in the Bible specifically, leprosy on your skin is always a metaphor for sin. It's always a metaphor for sin because of the way that it works. See, leprosy is something that starts insignificantly, but then all of a sudden it works insidiously, but then it spreads quickly before it devastates completely. I said it too fast, I'm Rwanda, you you give it to you again. Leprosy is something that would start insignificantly, But then it would work insidiously. Then it would spread quickly just before it devastated completely. That is exactly how sin works in your life. It always starts insignificantly. It's never a big thing. I want to help some of y'all who don't realize the enemy is not stupid. He is not going to make it seem like it is a big deal. It is always going to start small. It'll start insignificantly. It'll start with a thought that lingers too long in your head. It'll start with a scroll on a page that you shouldn't be on there that long. It'll start. It starts with a little leak of your integrity. It never starts big. It always starts small. It starts small and you think you can handle it. And before you know it, it starts insignificantly, but it starts working insidiously. In other words, you don't even realize how deep it is coiling itself on the inside of you. Leprosy was so debilitating that it would attack your central nervous system. It would go down deep inside of you. As a matter of fact, they say that you could have leprosy dormant in you for four to eight years before you ever even saw the symptom of it not even realizing what it was doing to you on the inside because it works insidiously and then it spreads quickly it spreads faster than you realize and all of a sudden leprosy would be over your entire body I would always hear preachers talk about leprosy and they would talk about how you would lose limbs. And yes, you would lose limbs, but they never explained to me that the reason you would lose limbs is because it would actually attack your nerve endings to the point that you lost feeling in your limbs. You lost your sensitivity so once it began to spread you could literally have your hand in fire and not even realize it was in fire because you've lost the feeling you've lost your sensitivity and that's how you know you've gotten deep in sin because you don't feel convicted about it anymore there used to be a time you would weep about it there used to be a time where you're like I know this is not right for me I know I've been saying this is me but the reality is it don't feel right but the more you keep doing it and doing it and doing it, you lose your sensitivity you've gotten so deep in it and then it devastates completely to the point that you lose your life to have leprosy was to be alive but dead at the same time this is the picture that god has given us of what our sin does to our lives it starts off insignificant it works insidiously and spreads quickly and devastates completely not even to talk about the social ramifications you were completely isolated from your family once you had the leprosy you could not be in the community anymore you would have to isolate yourself the only other people you could hang out with was other lepers oh, come on we've seen this before you ever seen somebody they give their life to the lord they're in healthy community everything is awesome it's great all of a sudden you don't see them for a while and now they got a new friend circle they got a new groove now all of a sudden they said no nah, i don't want them to do with none of that church stuff you know why because they've gotten together with other lepers who have made them feel comfortable in their own dysfunction but you always know that the enemy will push you towards isolation social ramifications of it were detrimental. Anytime somebody was coming close, you would have to cover your mouth, you would have to rip your clothes. You would have to shout out, unclean, I'm unclean. Imagine the shame of shouting out your issue before anybody got close. Some of you in here today, the enemy is already beating you up with the shame of the secret things you're dealing with. Can you imagine having to shout it out to every person that got close? This was the picture of what sin and what leprosy would do. It's interesting because whenever somebody has a skin disease, you can play. Whenever somebody has a skin disease, often when they go to a dermatologist, they'll talk about how it feels or Talk about the itching or talk about the discoloration. But they never ask them any questions about what it's doing to them psychologically, what it's doing to them emotionally. Because the reality is, your skin and your mind and your body is connected. Oh, I don't need theology for this. Dermatology will tell you this. That's the reason why when you stress before that day that pimple don't just appear for no reason <laughs> your skin is connected to your emotions it's connected to your mind and how you feel and God is the greatest psychologist the greatest dermatologist because he goes deeper than the skin and he deals with your soul and the shame that is wearing on you It started all the way in the book of Genesis. Do you remember the ramifications of sin when Adam and Eve disobeyed? For the first time, humanity did not feel good in our own skin. And they hid and they covered themselves with fig leaves. They covered themselves with social media pages that project a life of happiness that you don't really have. They covered themselves with designer clothes because I'm not comfortable in the value of my name so let me put somebody else's name on me they covered themselves with thick leaves and hid from God and if you read too fast in Genesis you'll miss it but in Genesis 3 verse 21 look at what our Savior does I told you you cannot come close without sacrifice you cannot stay close without sanctification and in Genesis chapter 3 verse 21 after they made their fig leaves to cover their shame and cover their guilt look at what it says the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and he clothed them he made garments of skin and if you read past that too fast on the surface and you don't go deep you don't understand what that really means where did God get these skins to cover them he could not get those skins from just any place you understand that he had to kill an animal to get those skins when he told them the day you eat of this fruit you will die he meant what he said because he is that connected to his word something someone had to pay the price there has to be a sacrifice for the proximity but because he loved them enough and didn't want them to die all of a sudden the first murder in Genesis was not Cain killing Abel, it was God who killed this animal and Adam and Eve had to watch that animal die and then watch God take the skin of that animal and cover them and clothe them because it was a picture of what he was going to do when he died on the cross. He died naked and ashamed to cover me. That's why you ought to lift your head up high. It is not your record. It is not your work, It is his finished work on the cross thank God that I don't have to bring a spotless lamb on the altar, I had a spotless lamb who died in my place I wish I had at least a hundred people that were thankful for the blood of Jesus, that were thankful for the sacrifice that actually brings us to he who, he covered them he covered them he continued in Leviticus every lamb every turtle dove every bull that was slain was just a picture of the lamb who was coming so that I could get close you mean to tell me you can't come to him with your issue he died for that issue and he doesn't want to just deal with it at the surface he wants to go More than skin deep. To deal with the shame. To deal with the negative patterns that you've connected yourself to. To get your sensitivity back. It's interesting. Whenever you see leprosy in scripture, you never see that somebody was healed of it. You see they were cleansed. Cleansed from it means when I feel dirty, he makes me clean. He makes me clean. What blows my mind is, other than Naaman and even Miriam, in the Old Testament, we never see anybody get to do what was prescribed in Leviticus 14. Which is once you are cleansed of leprosy, you're supposed to offer a sacrifice to the priest. And we never see anybody do it in all of the Old Testament. And it makes you go, God, why would you put it in Leviticus if nobody actually gets to offer the sacrifice for being cleansed? You almost think you don't have hope. All throughout the Old Testament and for 400 years of silence, we're going, where is the hope of being cleansed so that you can offer what was prescribed in Leviticus 14? Until Matthew chapter 8. In Matthew chapter 8, when the spotless lamb. His name is Jesus. It says in Matthew chapter 8 verse 1 when Jesus came down from the mountainside large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why is he coming to this Savior? He's supposed to be isolated. He must have heard the rumors of this Savior that had the power to heal all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. Sometimes you gotta break the rules to get something you've never done before. He broke the rules just to come close and he knelt before him and he said Lord if you're willing you can make me clean This is how I know it's more than skin deep and leprosy doesn't affect just your skin. It affects your psychology. Look at what he says. He does not say, God, you're able. He obviously knows that God is able. He is asking God, are you willing? He is actually questioning the compassion of our God. And maybe you're here today or watching online and you are questioning the compassion of our compassionate Savior. And I came to tell you, he's not just able. He is willing. He loves you. He cares for you. He is more than willing. Don't you project how a church person treated you onto our beautiful, compassionate Savior? He is willing. He's willing. He's he's so willing that he reached out his hand and he touched the man maybe you've never been in a place where you've had the dirt of your life flood your heart and your mind and you don't even think you're worthy to be touched but look at our Savior when nobody else would touch him here's our Savior reaching out his hand and touching this man his touch was telling him he was willing he says I'm willing be clean immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy then Jesus said to him see that you don't tell anyone but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them oh I wish I had somebody that would get excited about the word now I see why you had to prescribe all the way in Leviticus 14 is because you knew you were coming in Matthew chapter 8 and there was going to have to be somebody that was going to have to stand as a living witness and testimony that our God can clear any sickness, He can cleanse any defilement. It don't matter how dirty, how grimy it is, Jesus can cleanse it. Can you see Him? Look at that leper walking to the high priest, saying, here is my sacrifice. I can see the high priest Going through the scrolls, talking about, wait a minute. We haven't had anybody be cleansed. How did this happen? Because of a Savior who is my high priest and who is my sacrifice. He paid the price. He wants to go more than skin deep. If he did it for lepers, then he can do it for any leper today. He's not just able, he's willing. As every head be bowed and eyes be closed in this place today, Father, I'm praying today that You would go deeper by changing our perspective of You. So many of us have allowed how church people and other people have treated us, and we've convinced ourselves that's how You are. But God, I thank You that there is nothing too dirty there is nothing too broken and you can't cleanse us so God I'm asking your cleansing power to flow today God thank you that you're not just able but you're willing God thank you for your compassion that reaches out and touches the untouchable or that loves the unlovable God, help us first change our perspective of who you are. And then God, help us as a church to be the ones who don't turn lepers away, but we say, come to this Savior. He can cleanse you of all unrighteousness. We would like to thank you for being a part of our Social Global family. Please head to our website, socialdallas.online and see the many ways you can stay connected with us from around the world.